Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm not joined by my co-host today, unfortunately, because it is uh, way too early in the morning that we're recording this, but we will try to soldier on and have a good show in any event. So in honor of Veterans Day, we decided we would talk about military spouses, and in particular, lawyers who are married into the military and have to deal with all the struggles of being a lawyer while also moving around every couple of years. How do they do that? Well, one way they can do that is through freelancing. And that's why we brought back, uh, I think we've talked before about Law Clerk, we've got on today, Kristen Tyler from Law Clerk, who's going to talk about that platform. And we have Michelle Richard, who's a military spouse and an attorney and a user of Law Clerk about how she uses the platform to do her job. Uh, so Kristen, uh, I'm going to turn to you first. We've talked a little bit about Law Clerk on this podcast before, but for reminding people, uh, what is the mission of your uh, your platform? Sure. Hey, Joe. Hey. So at Law Clerk, our mission is really simple. We are working to help connect busy attorneys with our nationwide network of freelance lawyers for project work. And so the whole idea is that we've built a system to make it easy that when attorneys are feeling really slammed, overwhelmed, whether that's on a once in a while basis or an all the time recurring basis, they can tap into our system, connect with a freelance lawyer, and get a piece of work done. We call those projects. And so it's a very flexible way for both attorneys to either get help or get a little work when they want to pick some work up. And we see that there's, you know, an overabundance of legal talent out there that could be put to work. And we hope that our system at Law Clerk is the delivery mechanism to achieve that goal. Yeah, so I've seen this this platform uh, as it's evolved. It's difficult to do in a podcast form, explain like how easy it is to use, but I'll, I'll do my best. So you basically can post the jobs that you need help with. And this is particularly important for smalls and solos who sometimes get overwhelmed with you know, with a, with a filing that's just due soon. And you can post, this is what I need, this is what I'm willing to pay. And freelancers from around the country who sitting at home can look and say, oh, I can do that for that price and just jump on. It's literally that simple. There are little boxes, you do it, you hit it, and, and you're good to go. Uh, there's also been uh, an update to it over the last uh, last year or so that I want to talk about with you. Uh, the, can you talk about the Teams process a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's one of our, our best features. So early on, our you know our early adopters, now our power users, came to us and said, hey, this is great, I love it, but I really want to work with these same couple of people on repeat just over and over. Like, you know, every time I have a demand letter, I want Jill to write it. Every time I have a motion, I want uh, Bob to have the first crack to give it a draft. And so what we did was we built a, team, a feature called Teams. And so now the hiring attorneys can create their own teams. And those could be for different types of law, different types of projects. So for example, one of our most robust users is a attorney in a small town in Wisconsin. Um, she is a general practitioner, like a lot of small town lawyers. And so she's built a team for general research. She has a family law team. She has a bankruptcy team. She has a criminal team. She has a research team. And so whenever she has a piece of work that falls into one of those categories, um, she sends it to one of the two or three lawyers she has on each of those teams. So in essence, the small town lawyer in Wisconsin, who's a general practitioner, solo, 
she now has a virtual law firm of about 14 associates that she can tap into to get the help she needs when she needs it without the overhead of traditional hires. Plus, you know, if, if someone like that was going to make a hire, they're probably going to hire one associate attorney. Right. And really, there's no one magical unicorn associate that can do all of those different types of work and do them as well as the freelancers can with their expertise. So at this point, I'm going to take a brief break and talk about our sponsor. So today's episode is brought to you by your significant other. You know, the person whose texts, calls, and snaps you've been ducking to plow through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, save your relationship, and work smarter with Logical, e-discovery software that gets you started in minutes. Live in the now. Create your free account today at logical.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash ATL. So we're back uh, talking about Law Clerk. So the the team's structure we just covered and how you can build build out, you know, your kind of ninja squads for every different thing that you want to do as a practitioner. <laughs> yes. uh, so transitioning a little bit, let's talk about like what it is to work with the system. So I want to bring in Michelle here. Uh, Michelle, can you explain to us your involvement with uh, with this product? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I am a freelance attorney. Uh, I kind of fell into that. I'm a military spouse and we move all over the country and world in the past 13 years that I've been an attorney. And so I kind of fell into freelancing and I actually know Kristen way back from our law school days um, (laughs) in Nebraska. And uh, I became aware of Law Clerk through communication with her. And it has been a good opportunity for me just to get extra work uh, when I have Um, I do freelance on my own, but then this has allowed me an opportunity to join both teams and to do individual projects, which I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. It's also been great for me uh, with our lifestyle moving around and having small children. I can take as much work or as little work as as I want to at that time, Mm -hmm. which has been a great, you know, a great option for flexibility for, for me personally and for our family. The military spouse angle, uh, we've talked about this a little bit before. That, that's, it's a group that, of lawyers that is oft overlooked because there, there's a lot of moving around. And there's been discussion, I know, of at, at the state levels of what to do with bar passages and so on because you know, you've got qualified lawyers who all of a sudden have to jump to another state. Do they have to take the bar again? Should there be an exemption for military spouses? And this is something of a way around that by allowing you to practice, you know, in places where you can practice uh, as, you know, as a freelancer. sort of. Exactly, exactly. I'm a part of a group called the Military Spouse JD Network, which is a bar association for military spouses. And we've worked in the past like nine years to to ease licensing uh, burdens for military spouses as we mm-hmm. do move state to state. And we've got like 39 jurisdictions that have passed accommodations in, the, in that during that time. However, that it's not, you know, always as smooth or seamless as, right. it, you know, <laughs> as you'd hope it would be. And for example, I was living in Germany for three and a half years. Um, so companies like, and options like Law Clerk provide that opportunity to keep my career afloat <laughs> during these during these transitions and these moves, but also at a workload that I want. If I don't want to work full time or, you know, 60 plus hours a week, it gives me that option. It's been, it's been great. You know, Joe, I, I don't know about you, but I, until I kind of got more into working with Michelle and uh, took some time to educate myself, I wasn't really int- intimately de- uh, familiar with 
the challenges that these military spouses, yes, licensing issues are one of those, but you know, on average, they're moving every two to three years. Um, they are often moved to military bases that are incredibly rural. They're most military bases are at least 50 miles from a major urban city. I didn't know that. And so that poses Mm -hmm. another big challenge to trying to find a job in like a small town. Um, and, and of course, then you have the, you know, the known transient nature of military spouses and, you know, some employers are reluctant for that. I can tell you that on our site, the hiring attorneys I've worked to love hiring the military spouses. That's one of their favorite categories of freelancers that we have. And so we're hoping to fill that void, but you know, they really have some unique challenges that, you know, on top of the normal practice of law, which is never easy, throws extra uh, difficulty into just day-to-day life. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if this has ever come up on the show before, but I also work, uh, at the military, U.S. Military Academy at West Point. So I've had, over the years, tons of students uh, who have been married, and some of them have married lawyers, and I've seen them move around, and what do they do? Thankfully, a lot of them have got managed to get jobs that don't require being in one place, uh, working with bar prep companies and stuff like that, where the moving around hasn't been an issue. But it was definitely uh, early on worry, like, what am I going to do uh, when I suddenly have to move out to El Paso, you know? Um, <laughs> right. And it's, it, it, so this kind of rings, rings true for me how this product can really help with that. And I also think you were saying that military spouses are one of the preferred uh, categories, which doesn't shock me because it would seem... There's probably, and probably unfairly, a bias in people's minds that, oh, you know, why is this person a freelancer? But with the military spouses, it, it was kind of a built-in reason. It, it's obvious why this person is freelancing. It's not because, you know, something went wrong in their career. It's just they, they have to move. Exactly. That is yeah. definitely one of the stigmas we're working hard to try to overcome is, who are these freelance lawyers? Yeah. And, you know not to take away from the military spouses, but our freelancers come come from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, a lot of them are government employees and, and say county prosecutors, or they work for a school district and they just want to moonlight a little bit to make some extra money because, you know, how else is a lawyer going to pick up another four grand to pay for braces for their kid when they need a little extra cash if they're working as a public defender or something. Right. So a lot of times you have someone who is like a public defender or a county prosecutor with really specialized knowledge. They're in the courtroom all the time. Their skills are sharp and they're willing to come in and help do some research or drafting for you to get that work done. Um, Of course, we've got a lot of solo attorneys all over the U.S. that when their practices inevitably take a downturn, as the practice of law can do from time to time, they'll come in and do some freelance work. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, we also have these awesome retired freelancers, which is, to me, another one of my most favorite categories. We have a lot of people that just love, love, love the practice of law and don't want to fully give it up when they retire. You know, yeah, they want to see the grandkids. Yeah, they want to golf. Maybe they want to travel. But they also enjoy writing still and thankfully they can continue to put those skills to use through us. So definitely we as a profession have to get over any stigma that may may be out there about freelance lawyers um, because from my experience, they are some of the most talented and qualified lawyers I know. Yeah. So Michelle, what kinds of projects have you taken on? Uh, Obviously you can't go into, you know, confidential details, (laughs) but uh, what's what's the manner of work that you've managed to, uh, to get through this? Well, immigration is something that I practiced Mm -hmm. uh, exclusively for several years when we were living in Texas. Um, And so that's the uh, type of case that I usually feel most comfortable doing when those projects come around. So 
employment-based or family-based immigration cases. Um, but also to touch back on what Kristen was saying about the military spouses, I will say, um, you know, our first uh, assignment out of law school with the military was Abilene, Texas. So, okay. <laughs> um, and, and there is a bias about, you know, military spouses moving to these smaller communities. Like, why are you in Abilene, Texas? This, you know, but, but it's changed a lot. Like the landscape has changed, which is great. Um, and another thing I also wanted to bring up, bring up with military spouses is like one, there's some statistics and uh, studies that we've done with uh, MSJDN that show one out of every two military spouses have attorneys have done what they call geobatched or been geographic bachelors living apart from your spouse for a certain period of time. I did it for three years. I lived in Dallas and we were in Abilene, but um, doing this freelance lawyering allows you to still maintain that career without having to be geographic bachelors. That wasn't necessarily an option back in, I think it was like 2007 to 2010 when I did that. So it's great now to have this kind of an option. So we don't have to maintain two households and, you know, all the additional struggles of moving, but then also separating from your spouse and moving again. So yeah, it's, it's been great. I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of law clerk. So in immigration issues, obviously, are a huge deal, even within the military, where you end up with, I, I years ago, I had a uh, occasion to talk with a colonel who did a lot of immigration work within the Pentagon and mm-hmm. was telling me that one of the biggest issues that they face are these situations where soldier meets somebody overseas, tries to come back thinking yes. everything's okay, and it's a nightmare, and like, they just don't understand. And yeah, um, she said it's a huge uh, challenge that she dealt with all the time, uh, just within the military. You don't necessarily think about immigration as an issue within the military proper, but it's it's out there. It very much is out yeah. there. It very much is. One other, oh, so this is a fun story that I've talked, when I last saw Kristen, we talked about, uh, so I'm going to bring it up for all the listeners. So, Uh-oh, I hope I remember the story. Well, no. It, it, <laughs> so this high-tech system where you can find the right right freelancer uh, for whatever, uh, seems as though this is something that is only available to us because of the advance of technology, but you've found out that this sort of a, this sort of a system existed in the past and it seems absurd that it ever could have in the past, but talk a little bit about that story. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I remember. So I saw Joe a couple weeks ago at the Clio conference in San Diego and like just before Joe had stopped by to say hi, I had been talking to this self-proclaimed hippie lawyer from Vermont who uh, had been practicing like over 40 years to give you some perspective on his age. So self-proclaimed hippie lawyer from Vermont came over to tell me just why my company was really nothing new because he'd been doing this for ages. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, well, tell me about the company you worked with. Because he said, I worked with a company just like yours 30 years ago. And I was like, oh, really? Like, tell me about that. And he said, yeah, it was, you would just, you would fax in your request or you would mail it in and you'd wait a few weeks and you'd have to go to the judge and ask for more time because you had to tell them that you had, you know, faxed in your request to the freelance lawyer <laughs> to write your brief. <laughs> and you'd have to ask the judge for more time because you're waiting to get the fax back with your brief. And I, I, I mean, I, I love it. it. Yes, it makes us chuckle, <laughs> but I love it too, because it also just shows that really what we're doing at Law Clerk is nothing new. People have worked mm. with contract lawyers for decades. Yeah. We've just hopefully made it a lot easier than faxing and mailing and asking the court for continual extensions of time because you're waiting for the return back. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine how that would have functioned uh, or or who would have thought to do it uh, in, in a world yeah. where you didn't have the power of the internet to allow you to make these connections 
rapidly like like Lockler does. Who would have even thought that this was a good idea? Right? I, I, Bravo it's to that hustler. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, oh, so goodness. Michelle, are, are you, uh, to ask a personal question, are you in the process of potentially moving again soon or are you where you are for a little bit? We actually just moved earlier this year. Uh, we, okay. <laughs> this actually might be our last move. We, uh, we moved from Las Vegas and we're now in Colorado Springs based at the Air Force okay. Academy, um, okay. which is a, a great place to be. Um, but yes, my husband has three years left in the military and then we're looking at retirement. So we are excited and hopeful that this is our last transition. But I will say, you know, a life of moving every few years is you kind of get into this uh, routine and the itch to move every few years. So <laughs> we'll oh, see how okay. that goes. <laughs> but, but yes, we are, we just moved to Colorado Springs and are loving it. Yeah. I mean, obviously somewhat biased from my background, being at an academy is certainly a better uh, better gig than some of the places you can end up. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So. Um, so that that's good to know. Uh, I I wouldn't think I would get tired of moving. I don't know. So you, if if it becomes a routine, I guess then maybe you'll. Uh, live your life moving from place to place still. I don't know. But I, 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 don't know. I think yeah. I think it's you should try staying in one place for a while. It, it, maybe you'll get used to it anyway. But even when you do that, you have no reason to give up on freelancing because even if you're exactly. in one place, you can utilize this platform. Uh, and for all the attorneys out there who are not freelance, but who may need some help, uh, you have a big project coming up, you have some, uh, some big what and you know we've always thought about the contract attorney thing from the from the review side but it's not really anymore this is research writing first drafts uh motions practice it it can be anything and so if you're out there listening and feel like your practice needs uh a quick boost of uh a boost of staffing uh this is an option that you should be looking into absolutely thank you joe yeah yeah no absolutely oh, so great um oh and i guess uh I'll say it again, law clerk. So it, I shouldn't have just said, oh, this is a good thing. I should have said law clerk is. You see, this is this is where you know you're dealing with an amateur <laughs> podcaster um, by not saying it all right. Well, thanks uh, to both Kristen and Michelle for joining us today. This is our Veterans Day uh, episode. So we're talking about military spouses, I guess, uh, if that wasn't obvious. So thanks for joining us. Uh, and thanks for uh, keeping us informed about law clerk. Thanks, Joe. And, and huge shout out. And thanks to all those military spouses like Michelle out there. Just hats off to you guys. It's hard enough being a lawyer, uh, let alone juggling everything else you guys have to juggle. So we really appreciate the sacrifices your families make. Thank you very much. Well, and thank you all for listening. If you aren't already subscribed, you should. You should give us reviews, not just the stars, but also write something. It helps the algorithm figure out that we're a real show and move us up those those rankings. Uh, you should be following me on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. You should be reading Above the Law. You should also listen to The Jabot, which is Catherine Rubino's podcast. And you should listen to the other offerings from the Legal Talk Network, uh, including uh, there were some on the roads recently from that Clio Cloud conference that we uh, mentioned a few minutes ago, so you can catch up on all the happenings at that conference by listening to those. And with all of that, I think we're done. We will check in with you again next week. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. 
You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.